Well, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I'm your host, your friend, your sister in Christ, Georgia Brown, and my goodness gracious, I am grateful that you're here for another conversation. Today's a sweet one because we're talking with my mentor, Sierra Joe Dominguez. Sierra is an incredible woman of the Lord who is a wife, a mama to seven, and she is an international potter. She has this beautiful pottery business that is just so stunning and you need to check out her work, but also stay tuned because there may be some giveaways in the coming weeks with her, with a little collaboration with Faith and Friends, but I'm so grateful for her friendship and the way that she has just spoken into my heart in college and now in this post-grad season of my life. Sierra is a friend of the podcast and been on the show now three times and I'm so grateful for every conversation we have had. They've all been so fun and today is no different y'all. I asked Sierra in this prayer series if she would share with us how she has seen prayer be a perspective changer for her and her walk with the Lord. And it was a very sanctifying conversation as we talked about everything from the selfish prayers we used to pray to now the hands wide open, Lord, here I am, thy will be done prayers. To then we talked about how really isolation can be an invitation to go deeper with Jesus. It was beautiful. We talked about a lot and I truly pray that this conversation meets you right where you are, sweet friend. Well, without further ado, let's dive right in. Sierra Joe Dominguez, my friend, my sister, my mentor. Y'all, that is just a fancy word for my gosh. Please pour in. Pour into me, sister. Honestly, it was never this formal like, hello, ma'am. Will you please mentor me? It was just like you said, hey, let's order the pancakes and the other pancakes. And from then on, I knew we were friends forever. And I'm just so grateful. Thanks for coming back. You've been on the podcast so many times. I love it. Yes. Yes. Third time. And I love that the majority of our meetups when you're home are in my van with us running errands with my children. And we're just pouring into each other. We're asking how we are and we always end our time together. I feel like pretty diligently we end our time together in person and over the phone, over FaceTime with prayer. Yeah. I feel like we do a really good job of, okay, what's going on? What can I pray for you about? And, you know, very much vice versa. We, we work together in that. So yeah, I'm excited yeah. to be here again. Yes, absolutely. No, you're so right. And that's the best thing about friendship is, is lifting one another up. Like mm-hmm. that is really the whole point. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about today is how prayer changes that perspective. And you've really helped me in that. Even this last FaceTime call we had just a couple weeks ago, like I was like, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing. And part of it was unpacking like, hey, let's do this whole season five of Faith and Friends. Hey, I have this big surprise I'm about to announce. I need help. <laughs> yeah. And to be yeah. able to do this with you and to yeah. do it well, because the Lord does everything with excellency and as his children. I want to walk in that excellency as well and to prepare well and wisdom just seeks out other wisdom. And so I'm just so grateful and man, oh man, prayers changed my life. And honestly, sister, take me back for you. Like, I want to hear how prayer changed your life. Did you grow up in a Christian home? All those things take us back. Yeah. So that's a great question. My parents, um, they were pretty private about their relationship with God. And, um, 
you know, I, I respected that. I didn't fully understand it, but I respected it. Mm. And, um, I think that generationally, uh, your relationship with God was so legalistic, um, before, you know, my generation, it was just such a, a legalistic viewpoint on who God is. And so there was a lot of focus on your outward works, your outward appearance, but there wasn't a lot of focus on, um, you know, your inward stuff, your, your hurting stuff, your painful stuff, your, you know, your emotional needs, if you will. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of freedom to say, I'm struggling in this area. Would you pray for me? It was more like, well, if you're struggling in that area, you're a sinner. Mm. And so I think that now that I'm an adult, you know, looking back, I see God in my childhood like every step of the way, you know, like I see that father that really stepped in and, you know, sort of guided me through this. And so I started going to youth group and, and it was, honestly, I respect my parents because they just said, Hey, we're not going to discuss, you know, religious viewpoints or that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, that's off the table. And so I, but I did say, okay, well, I'd like to go to youth group. And they're like, okay, great. You know, like they were totally fine with that. Like wanted me to figure that out. I went on a missions trip to Mexico when I was 14, um, to Juarez, Mexico, which is quite dangerous. Um, (laughs) but I mean, my, my parents knew, my personality enough to know I was hungry for the Lord. Mm. And so they were definitely willing to meet me halfway. So when a 14 year old, like I can't imagine Kai, my oldest who turns 13 this summer going, Hey, I want to go with 12 random people in a van down to Mexico. Can't even because like neither of my parents went, but my brother and I did and they loved our youth ministers. And so it turned into this, you know, I saw, I met God on the streets of Mexico, you know, where, where we were building a two bedroom shack. That's the equivalent of what it would be here. But to them, it was a mansion because we were moving this family of eight out of an eight foot by eight foot concrete brick building that they were all living in. Um, Their restroom was dilapidated, you know, it was, um, cardboard put together in the form of four walls and a hole in the ground. And, um, to see just the, I don't know the lack of, I guess to, to, to see a whole new culture and a whole new world that I was, I'd never seen before, but to see their joy. Mm. I mean, this man, the father of this family, he would walk like, I think it was 20 miles to work or something. So we bought him a bike and he wept, you know? And so I, that was, that was really paramount in, in me seeing who, how big God is, right? Like God's not just in the United States of America, God is everywhere. And so not only is he meeting me, a 14 year old, but he's meeting that man, you know, that family, he, he, I don't know. It's just such a tremendous thing. So that, that's what my childhood looked like. And so I was, I would definitely say that I was just excited to, I was so open to what God was doing, you know, like, and I was, Mm -hmm. I was so curious and like, 
well, if this is what this world looks like, you know, and they're still trusting in you, Lord, what is the other, what do other worlds look like? You know? So I always was very ministry minded of like, you know, looking at the needs of the lesser and, you know, and they don't consider themselves less than they, they Mm. consider their lives beautiful. And, but you see it from your perspective and you go, I should never once complain about my squishy bed and my soft pillow and my warm blanket. Never once, Mm -hmm. you know, these people are living on a dirt ground. So that really shifted. Oh God, who is the God of all these Sunday school nursery rhymes to, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is who you are. You, you are here in this, you know, city with these people, the same way that you're all over the world. So that was sort of my childhood, my upbringing. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And on one of the other podcasts, we really dived into your story and your testimony of coming to Jesus and the redemptive work that he's done. And so y'all please go back because I just love, love, love Sierra and her heart and the way that the Lord works all things together for our good and for his utmost glory. And so, oh, she's sipping from her own Sierra Dominguez pottery mug. If you're here on the YouTubes, you can see it's so cute which more on that later, but we may have a giveaway coming your way. This is a green bubble mug and it's I just so love cute. it. It's so handy. So it's yeah. literally handy. Handy. Ah, you got a good <laughs> handle on it, sister. <laughs> got a good handle on things. Love it. I love it. it. It's just so beautiful. And as you've grown with him, and like you said, now that you're an adult, like it's so beautiful to look back and reflect and see he has been so faithful and yeah. it's truly glory to glory. And you're just growing in that relationship with him more and more. And your prayer life changes throughout that. I'm sure your prayer life as a single to now married to then, you know, all these babies later and now having a business, all these things has shifted. What has been the biggest perspective shifter within your relationship with the Lord and prayer? Well, okay. So if we break down that word perspective, right? So Mm -hmm. I am blind without my contacts, quite literally, like legally can't see a thing, (laughs) not a safe individual without my contacts or my glasses. So if if you think about perspective, it's, it's that moment of, of extreme blurriness, extreme fuzziness, and then you put those glasses on and then everything becomes crystal clear. Mm. So So if we talk about prayer changing your perspective, it's literally us putting on the lenses and seeing the world through God's eyes by using prayer. You know what I'm saying? Because we have this, this way of thinking and we, we think we know best and we think we know the outcome and we think we know the solutions and the intricacies and the, you know, the way that God's going to weave this, but really we don't. And until we allow and surrender that we won't. And so I think that, I think that by saying prayer changes your perspective, it actually causes you to stop what you're doing, to yield that, you know, and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I don't know what to do with this. Mm. And it's this moment of holy surrender where it's, it's more of this, you know, and handing it to God, um, rather than, Oh Lord, would you please drop a million dollars in my lap? Oh Lord. You know, it, it, it's so tender and, um, there's just such a holiness about it when, when you really surrender your prayers to God and you surrender 
even your, you know, because it used to be my prayers as a younger Christian used to be, Oh Lord, if you would just do this, that would be so amazing. And now it's like, Lord, if that is not your will, move me. I don't want it. I don't want it. Get me out of the way. Uh (laughs) uh And if I'm blocking your will, convict me, you know, like, and so my prayers really changed to this, like, like much larger perspective of like, Lord, please. I I just want your will to prevail. Mm -hmm. And I think that the interesting thing in the Bible, you know, is that is that that was Jesus's prayer. He knew the ending. He had the perspective. He had the glasses on. He could see the crystal clear ending. He knew. And even like his little cry out to his father when he was like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. when he's talking about like, Lord, if you take this away, like if it's your will, you know, like that, just that moment. I love that moment of human that we saw where he was, but then he goes, but if it isn't Lord, you know, not your will, not my will, but yours. Yeah. That's so good. And I love, I love the human aspect of Jesus. I, I love when we see that moment of like, Lord, if this isn't mine to do, please just take it from me. But if it is, you know, and so anywho. I love that. It's such a beautiful thing. And, and to see even our savior, Jesus, you know, his prayer, his prayer changed his perspective, you know, of just talking to him. And, and for me, um, I talk about this and, uh, man, oh man, I had one instance with a friend, Sierra, where, well, here's the thing. We weren't friends. She was friends with everybody else in the college ministry, except for me. It felt like I just felt like, my gosh, nothing I could do was making this girl like me. And it just made me so sad and bitter. And like, I've done nothing wrong to you. Why won't you be my friend? Like, I just want there to be peace and unity. And we had multiple friends, like mutual friends, but she wasn't my friend. And Mm. and I just, that frustrated me. And so I tried and tried in my works to like smile and do all the right things, say the right things. And, and to be me like times a hundred, which maybe not have been what she needed. You know, maybe she needed to color with some soft peach colors and blues when I was like handing her neon Sharpies and was like, here you go here, take them, you know? And I finally took it to the Lord. I was like, father, I need to come to you for myself and I need you to take this bitterness and jealousy or whatever the root, the actual root is. And angst. Yes. And have to have this friendship. Why won't she be my friend? That, that, that like angst of like, where is this coming from? No, literally in that insecurity of my own self of like, Georgia, are you not secure in who you are? That it's okay. Not everyone's going to like you. Like that's just the facts. And so, but it was in this prayer, Sierra, that I felt the Lord then shift my heart to my own repentance to then invite me to pray for her because the Lord was like, Georgia, what if this is not about you at all, sister? What if her parents are arguing? What if she's getting hurt in her home? What if she's working through her own insecurities where she doesn't know how to receive your love because she doesn't know how to receive my love? So truly, ah, I look at this passage in Matthew 5 in the message and I just want to share this scripture. And then I would love to hear if there has been an instance in your life through a friendship or just through marriage, anything. But in Matthew 5 verses 43 through 48, I love this. The message version is so speak it plain. And it says, you're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and it's unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. 
Jesus says, I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Bring, let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. That was kind of bringing out the worst in me, sister. Yeah. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer. For then you are working out your for your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives us his best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You are kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. I love that. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. Mm. Generously and graciously. Mm. Those are two very convicting G words. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And and it really, we as human flesh, it's been proven that we're we're such a prideful, you know, come on, <laughs> species where it's like the to to be able to live generously and graciously r- takes you out of the equation. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> like, about you at all. Yeah, no, like there's no benefit for you. You're benefiting others, but truly. You know, I think about in my prayer life and that perspective change for me, it was pivotal in my most lonely moments. Mm -hmm. So if we are called to fervently pray, if we are called to, I mean, think about how many times in the Bible, Jesus got away from everybody. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And, and honestly, I wonder sometimes like, did he like feel bad that he was missing out on the supper Mm -hmm. or missing out on so-and-so's birthday party or missing out on, you know? Yeah. Because maybe he did because he was a human, but he knew in order to keep his perspective, a holy perspective, he had to get away. He had to be lonely. And I think that loneliness is something that we don't talk about a whole lot in our walk with God because we assume that, oh, if you go to church and you, you know, go to your Bible study and you go to the prayer meeting and whatever, then you won't ever be lonely. And mm-hmm. that actually is not true. Yep. Loneliness is something that you battle when you're in college. It's something you battle in your high school years. It's something you battle in motherhood. It's something you battle, you know, post-grad, <laughs> right, right. Repetitive. Yeah. There's this sort of hollowness of you know, like walking in a big empty house with lots of rooms, um, where you kind of hear your echo. And I, I love, I love that perspective of being in a big old empty home because are you warm? Are you taken care of? Is there a roof over your head? Are you actually alone? No, you know, it might feel big and empty or in your little tiny apartment or in, you know, wherever you're at in life. Yeah it might feel empty and there might feel, it might feel like a loneliness. But if you ask that question, that initial, like, God, are you even here? Mm. You hear me? Do you see me? Do you see what I'm going through? Did you know this was going to happen? Are you still with me? Are, are you, you know, if you start asking those, those Job prayers, you know, those prayers of like that, bottom of the barrel prayers where you're at your lowest point, 
I think you really start to see, at least I do in my life, anytime I've cried out to God in that manner where it's been like, God, are you even here? Hmm. You know, it's not even that God will say, yes, Lord, or yes, Sierra, I'm yeah. here, you know, Hello. but my husband will walk in the room and mm. will give me a big hug or my children will run in the room and tell me they love me or someone will call me and just ask how I'm doing, you know? So I think the beautiful thing that we as human beings need is a reminder that we're seen. Yeah, we're not alone, you know, and I think you're, if you're praying those fervent prayers, changing that perspective from God, are you even here to authoritative perspective of God? I know you're here. Come on. I know you're with me. You see this mess. You see this dumpster fire behind me. Speaking uh-huh. of fire. We've got a shipping facility behind me <laughs> for my shop drop. So it's all in my office, but you see this Lord and you're not going to leave me. Come on. You're not going to forsake me. You are with me. You mm-hmm. have promised that Lord. So I am going to trust that that is enough. If you said it, if you spoke it, yep. that's enough. Yep. Because I think that, you know, like I said, my baby prayers used to be like, Oh, God, why did this happen? Or, oh, why doesn't that person like me? Or why, 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 why? And rather than using the word why with a holy and authoritative God who created literally the sun, moon, and stars, (laughs) changing it to God, I know. Come on. You know, it is written. And I love that. Jesus gave us the perfect example to thwart the enemy. Come he on. said, it is written. It is yeah. written. It is written. So speaking of it is written. One of my favorite uh, verses, I have two to share with you. Oh, come is, on. Um, so I love the King James version of this, but I love the other versions too. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, which P.S. If you've never read fervent by Priscilla Shire, Get it on your list. Read it. Period. Mm-hmm. Do it. Is that in James? Um, yes. James 5.16. Love it. But I love what this says. Uh, the English word fervent simply means impassioned, forceful, passionate, heartfelt, powerful, or mm. wholehearted. So it's literally, and it's been compared to like a fervent fire, you know, like, like you are like a fire brewing in you, you know, that fervency. Mm. Um, But then it also says the, the ESV version, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then the prayer, um, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And so I just love that verse because it's, it's not use. It's not saying go stand in front of a crowd of 5,000 people, pray this articulated, beautiful, you know, perfectly worded, theological lined up prayer. And then God will show up for you. No, nope. It says, pour out your whole heart Mm -hmm. and then you'll see a lot start to happen. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's verse one that I wanted or one verse that I wanted to show, share with you. And then my life verse for me is, uh, Philippians four, six, which I love 
except that I want to back up to um, Philippians 4, 4 mm. and go all the way to Philippians 4, 9, because it really gives this whole picture context, right? Like, I don't just want the tea towel verses. I don't want the ones that sound nice That's funny. and make you sound holy. Oh, yeah. And you can go buy them in the kitchen aisle. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to know why that was written. I want to know the before and the after of that, mm-hmm. of like cause and effect, you know? Yes, yes. So Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. So you gave the comparison of maybe she likes, you know, like soft pastel pinks and blues, but maybe I'm handing her neon Sharpies. And I would say maybe your gentleness wasn't there. Yeah. And I've had moments in my life where I was trying to get a situation to go my direction. And so Mm -hmm. definitely gentleness is not something that there's another G word, right? That's hard. (gasps) Generous, gentle. (laughs) Ah, Godliness. Come on, Lord. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So then here's mine. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which literally means to be brought low. Okay. It's not like, oh, mighty God, who we serve kingdom forever, you know, pharmaceutical prayers. No, it's literally you crying on the bathroom floor because you're broken. Yeah. You know, that's supplication. That is, that is humility mm-hmm. with Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue. And if there's anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Come on. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So like in your loneliness, in your frustration, what are you meditating on? Are you meditating on the have nots? Or are you meditating on what there is, what God has promised, what you have already? You know, I tell my children, look around you, all these things in the blink of an eye could change. Are you saying thank you for them? Are you saying thank you for your siblings? Are you saying thank you for, you know, which that's not an easy thing to do, but you don't know what the future holds. You don't know what it looks like. And rather than living in fear of that, changing that perspective from fear to thankfulness. And saying, thank you, God, for this. And changing the perspective of coveting to being grateful for what you already have. You know, when you when you do that, it shifts your perspective on who God is. God is not a magic eight ball that you shake up and you hope for a yes, a no, or a maybe. Come on. God is the God of the universe. Yeah. He will literally tell a star that it is no more. Or he will tell the ocean to rage, you know, like, and we're worried about this magic eight ball response. I don't ever recall the ocean being like, well, he said no, but did he mean it? Mm. You know, if the answer is no from an all knowing and all loving God, that's enough. Yeah. 
So rather than focusing on the no, focusing on, okay, Lord, that's your will. I'm going to let that one go. Mm-hmm. If you're, if right now you're telling me, or if I don't have an answer yet, I'm not going to force this door open. I'm going to wait. And I love that, uh, comparison of praising him in the hallway. Yes. If you're waiting on something, if you're waiting on an answer to something, or you're waiting on an opportunity to start, or you're waiting on maybe a surprise that's coming Ooh. from Georgia. Um, if you're, if you're waiting on that, but you're like secretly trying to pick the lock and trying to get the door open and looking under the crack of the door and looking, seeing if you can see through to see what it is, you know, not only is that, that heart posture one of, well, but I, I need to know this. I need to know what the answer is. Yep. It also, I mean, God will make you wait longer. (laughs) You know, it could just be that the answer will be no you know? And so I don't know. I think the kindest thing that we can recognize from an all-knowing and all-loving God, and I see this more now in my walk with motherhood, is that the most loving word he could tell his children is no, Mm. because that's protecting you from something. Yes. If the answer is yes, run, do it. Go. Joyful in that. Go. Yeah. If the answer is no, rather than disputing, rather than arguing, rather than, you know, trying to make a way, trying to use neon Sharpies instead of soft pastel colors, Mm -hmm. rather than that being like, okay, Lord, you know what? And, and I, I empathize with you, Georgia. I, I struggle with relationships and friendships because I'm a very outgoing person, but my top priority is my husband and my home. I love my family. I love my children. So, um, so yeah, I, I recognize that I, I can appreciate that loneliness. I can appreciate that. Why won't you just be friends with me? You know, but really I think the kindest thing we can do for ourselves is say, that's okay. Yeah. Surrender. I mean, if they've, I hope, I pray Lord that they have close relationships, that they have someone they can talk to. Yeah. And I'm not the solution. That's right. I'm simply, you know, a vessel here trying to further your kingdom. So if I'm not right for that person, perfect. Would you move me, Lord? Would you give me peace about that? You know, instead of a more why God, you know, Mm -hmm. so. That's so good. I remember when my prayer started to shift in my very first prayer closet in college. And instead of being like, man, I wish this situation would work out with this friend or whatever. I remember towards the end of those prayers on those note cards, I would say, Lord, if you want to use me in this situation with this friend, mm-hmm. my yes is on the table. If you want me to speak into this, cause I would see things that I wouldn't agree with or things sin in my friend's lives. If you want to use me to speak up, if, if yeah. not, that's fine. But if you want to use me and just surrendering that the yoke is easy, the burden is light. that really lifted it off me. If me feeling like I had to hand everybody some neon crayons and Sharpies and all that. But what I love too is the perspective changer. And I love that you brought up your life verse and continued reading because truly are we meditating on these things of whatever is true, whatever is noble, because the first thing here is whatever is true. If you go to God and let him change your perspective, his word is true. He's a man of his word. And so is what you're believing true? Is this perspective that you have on this person or this situation, is it even true to begin with? Because you may be being deceived by the enemy because you're leaning into the whispers of the lies, not leaning into the truth. And so, and I I love that. I think too, that touching on that, 
what are you listening to? Are you listening to someone's opinion of you? Are you Come listening on. to someone saying, you know, you're not skinny enough. You're not this mm. enough. You're not enough. You know, it, the, the root of any lie, you can look at it interwoven in whatever someone's saying about you, whatever, you know, is you are not enough. Mm. Okay. So if we take that example, mm-hmm. because that's that cry out, right? Like that loneliness of like, why am I not, I'm not enough, Lord? Why, what, what do I need to do more of Yeah, overcompensate or to, why you know, am I not invited? Bingo, mm-hmm. bingo. Okay. So let's take that sentence. You aren't enough and let's change it to God. You say that I am this mm-hmm. and you say, I am. You're the beginning, you're the end, you're the alpha, you're the omega. Taking that perspective change of if you have enough likes on social media, or if you're the friend who's prettier than you has more and comparing, or if you have more followers, or if you have just eliminating that, you know, you're not enough status. It's annoying. Changing it to, it is, it it steals from Mm -hmm. you. Feels it 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 turns your whole head away from who God is and who God yeah. says you are, right? Your so, perspective, yep. Yes, mm, yes. That's so good. You're focused on so much of what you cannot be that you are missing what you are. Come on, right? Like what? Who are you? You are mm. phenomenal. You are one yeah. of the most beautiful creations of all the earth. God created only you with only your DNA, only your fingerprint to make your mark on this world. That is who you are. Wow. It's not about being enough. You'll never be enough. I will never be enough. I won't be enough of, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the mother of the year. I'm not going to be the wife of the year. I I don't, my security doesn't rely on that. Mm -hmm. I know that God is enough for me, right? Mm -hmm. So he'll compensate for my discrepancies. If I'll come to him and I'll humble myself and I'll say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being prideful in this. I'm sorry for longing for acceptance. I'm sorry for, you know, longing for that, just being enough. And I'm sorry for looking more at my social media status rather than looking at the stars that you handpicked, you know, I'm sorry for not believing that not only are you enough Lord for me, because that's what it is. We don't mm. think that God is enough. We think that we need external forces or external things to fulfill. Yep. But it comes down to that hole in your heart that is missing something that constantly tells you you're not enough. You're not enough. That whisper, that darkness, that that evil wickedness, honestly, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that can change that is that cry out mm-hmm. to God, that fervent yeah. prayer of Lord, do you even see me? Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that we have examples of that in the Bible of, of these heroic men and women of faith who still said, God, do you even realize that I'm here? Have do you, you forgotten even know me? That I'm, I'm, have you, have you even looked towards me, you know? And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think the most beautiful perspective change we can do is writing down 
I am. And then filling out those words. I am strong. I am loved. I am chosen. Mm -hmm. I am seen. I am heard because those, that is what is true. Yes. That is what is noble. That That is is. what is excellent. That is what is praiseworthy is when you shift your perspective of not being enough to, I might not be enough, but God is enough. Mm -hmm. He'll show up in this in ways that I can only ask or imagine, Mm. you know? And I don't know, it's, it's just been a a phenomenal journey for me and my prayer life where my prayers similarly, similarly, they shifted from God, why to God, what is your will? Yes. Thy will be done. Yeah. And when you shift it to what is your will, he doesn't even have to answer that question, but he'll reveal it. Mm -hmm. And so being obedient in that and trusting in that and I don't know that, that perspective change your, I would imagine that if you went back to Georgia in 2016, your prayers would look more like sort of this, like, um, young diary of like, Oh God. And if I just want so-and-so to be my boyfriend and God, I just want such and such to happen. And God, I just want to be, you know, and you start like filling in these, at least for me, my early prayer was this very much diary to the Uh Lord. Oh yeah. (laughs) But now when, when you read those prayers, present day, Georgia, present day, Sierra, it is going to battle. Oh golly. You know what I mean? Rather than it being this, God, how can you serve me? God, I'm serving you. Yeah. Yeah. For this person, I am begging you show up in their life in a miraculous way and change it. Lord. Yeah. Let them be revealed to them who you are, how big you are. Let them feel seen by you, loved by you, known by you, Lord. Those are big girl prayers, you Mm -hmm. know, and that, that takes a perspective change. It takes you putting on those glasses of who you thought God was and seeing the world through his eyes and seeing this crystal clear perspective of, no, I need to be praying nonstop. At all times, pray without ceasing, like truly. And that's something I just realized too, is my birthday is 517, May 17th. And first Thessalonians 517 is three words, pray without ceasing. That should be our life. And that has become my life of realizing I may be invited into a loneliness to make me more like Jesus. I am never alone. When you have the Holy Spirit with you, you are always with him. And so friends, may your perspective today be yes, Lord. And may your perspective be here I am, send me. May your perspective be Lord, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is noble. May I be with you in these things, use me Lord. And not my will, but yours be done. And so Sierra, I think our friends have a lot to think about. And I just love you. And I just thank you so much. And so friends, be on the lookout for a collab, a little giveaway with Sierra Joe Dominguez Pottery. I wonder, I wonder what the collab would be. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder hmm. As she hmm, sips. Hmm. Oh, well, Sierra, I love you with all my heart. Thank you for joining us today. Friend, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. I'm so grateful for Sierra, and if you've been around the podcast for a while, I'm sure if you've heard our episodes with Sierra, girl, you just couldn't wait to click on the next one with her, because she is such 
an encourager, and just such an honest and real friend. I'm so grateful that we got to share this time with her. And I pray that it met you right where you are at today, friend. I'm so grateful that truly we can come into this reality of understanding that we are truly never alone. I get it. I have those days where I feel so alone and like, oh, I have no one I can hang out with. And that's just a lie too. We got friends, golly. Or you're in school and you're like, oh, this is so hard. I just wish someone would be here to help me with this. The Lord is right there. He truly, it's just like, come Lord Jesus, come. You can invite him into all of these moments. And truly they are an invitation for us to go deeper with him. And so we are never alone. And I'm grateful that today that can be a perspective shifter of putting on the lens of heaven. And so right where you are, he is right there with you. In your car, as you're folding laundry, in between classes, the post-grad season, with the newborn, in high school, going down the hallway, college, wherever you are, he's there too. He's omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is so good. And I encourage you to go look up those words later. Those are some big ones. But they're so beautiful. And you know what? He is with you till the end of the age. That is what his word says. His promises are yes and amen. He loves you so much, friend. And guess what? I do too, and Sierra does as well. And so I know it's time for us to part ways, but before we go, I would love to pray for you. Lord God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you so much that we today can shift our perspective from here on earth to putting on your heavenly lens, God. So may we see what you see. May we lean into what you lean into, God. And may whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, whatever is of good repute, whatever is pure, God, may we dwell. May we sit in these things, God. I thank you for the invitation to go deeper with you. If that looks like hanging around a bunch of people in our small group, or if that looks like just you and me, Lord, just us alone in the quiet, God, may your voice be the loudest in our lives. May yours be the one that we listen to and quickly obey to. And so God, I thank you for our friends here in the Faith and Friends community. I pray that this episode blessed them and met them right where they're at in this season and that they see how beautiful they are, that there's only one of them and that's on purpose. I thank you, Lord. You are so good. Lord, change our perspective. Make our hearts look more like you today. And right now, Lord, any scheme of the enemy that is trying to come against our friends that are trying to kill, steal, or destroy, Lord God, just as John 10, 10 says, you came for life and life abundantly. So we just speak that abundant life over every friend under the sound of my voice, God. I thank you. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. I thank you that truly we can come to you with thanksgiving and supplication, Lord. You are just so good. And I'm so grateful that we can just come to you all who are weary and heavy laden and you, God, you'll give us rest. So Lord, thank you for being our father in heaven. Thank you for being our friend and our savior. You are so good. Lord, we love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Well, friends, this has sure been fun and I can't wait for next week. So come back for another episode. And y'all, don't forget until I see you, there is a song on your heart Only you can sing. Your voice is important.